This podcast is offered to you by Zen Center North Shore on the web at www.zencenternorthshore.org. This program is made possible by donations from listeners like you. I just, you know, I had a surge when we were doing the bells at the end of, this is my idea of a good time. (laughs) I don't know about you. It is weird. It's kind of weird, especially for brand new people coming. It's it's kind of weird. You know, there's kind of an explanation for everything, but we don't want to fall into explaining either. Maybe a better way to say it is, um, you know, there's a way to engage with everything, everything that's said, everything that we do. The question is, um, you know, how do I engage? Like, what's the teaching here? How do I relate? In other words, am I here or am I not here? Do I fall into preference or do I fall into curiosity? Um, and so this is training. This is training in how to live our lives with freshness, um, you know, with a kind of vigor. Um, and I was thinking as I was driving over this morning about, I don't know why I was, being from New Hampshire <laughs> and, you know, this live free or die state of mind. We really value independent thinking in New Hampshire. And I I feel in Zen, we really value independent thinking as well. But there's a difference between just independent thinking, period, and independent thinking within the context of our interdependence. So it's not just independent thinking, like just me over here doing whatever I want, whatever I feel like. In this sense, including interdependence, this independent thinking is more like a kind of freshness, a kind of engagement with curiosity and with I'm here-ness. <laughs> I'm here. What's happening? But without the interdependence part, I could easily fall into just I'm here all on my own, having my own experience. And without the independence part, the interdependence can be, you know, like what they say, that expression, um, Consensus is the consensus leads to mediocrity or something like that. You know what I mean? If we all just agree too quickly without bringing our own selves, our full selves, our particular individual selves, we just get kind of a a dull gray zone. <laughs> so these are all the things that are coming up for me this morning about the particularity, the spe- the specificity of what we're doing this morning and it all and we do this every morning we do this not only every sunday here we do this most mornings tuesday wednesday thursday friday on zoom for now but it's the same thing the same exact thing except for the third chant changes and there is so much going on here i was thinking also 
that someone said about Oriyoki, about the formal meals that we we practice eating meditation during the monthly all-day sits. And someone said that, um, you know, because I have been talking about the connection with people who, who live with anxiety, which who doesn't these days, but um, that something like Oriyoki might push someone over the edge, like, there's so much going on here, I'm doing it wrong, or, you know, whatever. And one person said, I was too busy to be anxious, which is a wholesome kind of busy. It's like your whole body is so engaged in what's going on that you don't have time to ruminate. It's just what's the next thing. And I feel this to be true, potentially, with Zen practice in general, because it is about the body. It's an invitation to drop in to the physicality of our being as opposed to living from the neck up. These brains walking around, (laughs) concluding and analyzing and comparing. (laughs) I might dress as a brain for Halloween next year. (laughs) That would be so funny. (laughs) Um, So there's a lot that's happening here. This morning, these practices... Like, you know, what did you notice? I want to share one thing I noticed. And this for me is intimate and sweet and not anthropocentric. Sometimes I think that so many of our problems is we're just, we're, we're too obsessed with the human species. Like there's so much else going on, you know, and and with Dongshan, Ancestor Dongshan talks not just about other sentient beings like animals, plants, but also insentient beings, all beings expounding Dharma. One of the beings expounding Dharma this morning is the candle on the altar. <laughs> I'm looking, yep, it's still lit, just barely. <laughs> And I'm starting to sing this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Um, You know, and I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking about the care in Zen that's given to the altar and having something fresh on the altar that will die, that needs to be cared for, and having a candle, not one of those little pseudo candles. You can flip the switch underneath and it looks kind of (laughs) like... Very convenient as long as you keep changing the battery. But the inconvenience of an unpredictable candle that you light with a match. And how's it going to (laughs) behave? It's another relationship. It's not necessarily in my control. (laughs) I can can engage with it and I can make an effort. You know, I'm in relationship, but the candle's going to do what it's going to do. It's a, is it an insentient being or a sentient being? We could just say it's a being expounding Dharma. I'm here. <laughs> I matter. Notice me. And the, the freshness on the altar here, this, there's been careful thought given to this of, you know, maybe the unsustainability of buying flowers from Trader Joe's. <laughs> as seductive as they may be, I still do it. Um, but to, to harvest 
something fresh and local, you know? And I'll say for the last, for the Jukai, do you remember the wisdom water? You know? When I received Dharma transmission, I, one of the things that I received, part of the bling, <laughs> is a little saucer with a little cup. It's like pottery. It's beautiful pottery. It's handmade. And that's the vessel for the wisdom water when I offer ceremonies. When I'm officiating at ceremonies, like a lay ordination, where you, you um, with a sprig, a fresh sprig, a pine sprig, you dip it in the water and then you sanctify the space. It's kind of baptismal. <laughs> There's you know, a lot in common here uh, sometimes. And I realized on my way here that day for the Jukai, for that morning schedule, I didn't have a sprig. And as I was walking up the path back here from my car, I looked down and there as an offering on the walkway in front of me was a sprig. <laughs> I think it had been windy the night before or something and there were a lot of sprigs around on the ground. There it was, just waiting, you know, ready for me to notice it, her, him, they. <laughs> so, you know, the sensitivity of this is what we're awakening to, being in connection, being in relationship with all beings. It's the opposite of siloing, the opposite of isolation and aloneness. I think it's the opposite, opposite of anxiety, too. So this is all about the body, our bodies meeting bodies. Um, so, yeah, let's see, you know, what I've been talking about, I feel, is religious practice. Everything I've just said is religious practice, as far as I feel. Now, I, I, I'm bringing this up a lot because I, I've been bringing it up for years, but I notice I'm bringing it up a lot more lately. I just feel ardently a kind of urgency to reclaim this thing we call religion. Maybe we need to change the name because it's got so much baggage. But it would be unfortunate to change the name because the name etymologically is connected with like ligament, re ligare. It means to reconnect. It's a connector. It's re... I, you know, we could study this, think about it, reflect on it. Reconnecting with the divine, reconnecting with ourselves, our own body, what I've just been talking about, reconnecting with other bodies, what I've just been talking about, reconnecting with the earth body, which is also what I'm talking about. Um, and we begin with our own body. We begin with our own body. So if any of this is overwhelming, don't worry about it. Because all we're doing, really, is returning to our own body right now. Now, most people here have sat already, so you've been doing it. But let's just 
Intentionally do it right now. Just right where you are, whatever your posture is, if you want to lengthen your spine, that'll help to free up the lungs. And just take a deep breath. Just breathe in fully and enjoy it, the expansiveness of it, and then breathe out fully and enjoy it. Either the um, releasing, the letting go of that, or you might also connect with a different kind of expanding on the exhale. Let's try it again. Inhaling, expanding within. Exhaling, expanding into the space around you. Occupying this space. Taking your place. Belonging. Spreading out. (laughs) Not, how can I make myself as small as possible? Maybe no one will see me and I won't do anything wrong. (laughs) You know, tight. But exhaling into your life, which is this moment, this place. This is your life right now. Oh yeah, the other thing I wanted to say about this, a couple things about these forms and these practices. For the Kokyo, the the chant leader, say, Tetsu, thank you. This is continuous practice. Sometimes I think people here, because we're not in a monastery, although it's, there are moments where it's pretty close. <laughs> this intense study of the self through the body in relationship to other bodies. Uh, in the monastery, we practice a lot what's called the Doan Ryo, the group of human beings who are taking care of the container so that newer people can just walk on in and drop in and feel. Something's going on here. (laughs) Something discernible is going on here. It's kind of, it's like creating culture. It's creating a culture where we can experience something alive and fresh. You know, we can experience the truth of our connectedness. So the Kokyo you've been practicing, I can hear it. I can hear your confidence and I can hear your I'm here. (laughs) You know, I'm fully here. So it's wonderful to hear. And um, there's another mudra, these mudras. The mudra for sitting, this cosmic mudra, which is the right hand resting on the lap, the left hand on top, the thumb tips lightly touching. I get to see my mudra. That's pretty good. <laughs> you might, if, you, if you're not on Zoom, you can look down and check out your mudra. Yeah, try it. Make sure it's not puny. <laughs> if it is, that's an indicator of what's going on here. Open up. <sighs> here I am. <laughs> here I am. Deal with it. <laughs> so open. Present. Yep. So that's the mudra. It's called the cosmic mudra for sitting. I love that. Cosmic mudra. When we leave here at night on Thursday nights, if it's clear, oh, the stars, right? Because there's not much ambient light. 
at least on this side of the building. Oh, my Orion is so clear. And I feel this in our mudra, connecting with the cosmos. When we leave at night through the back door, the lights sometimes come on in the, in the parking lot and they illuminate the trees. It's magnificent. Anyway, okay, so this is the, the mudra for sitting. This is the mudra for walking. The walking meditation we do, it's called shashu, or standing. When you're standing at your seat, stand like this. It's the left hand. We practice this at Masco. Yeah, tuck the thumb. Yeah, remember? <laughs> and then the right, yeah. And so that's a posture of stability and solidity as you're standing and as you're walking. Okay. And then the mudra, you know, for beginning and ending of service, and when you enter the zenda, when you arrive at your seat, it's called gasho. Put your hands palm to palm. I like to think of it as around the throat, the mouth, where, where we express something. What are we expressing here? Hands palm to palm. The bow, that's called gasho. Okay, so we do that a lot. This mudra is very important. When you walk in and you do this, you're saying hello. When you leave, you're saying goodbye without ever having to get verbal, without ever having to talk. It's a way of being with others without having to deal with each other in a worldly kind of way of, you know, if you have anxiety, social anxiety, the Zendo is a great place for you. It's another way to be with other, with other humans without getting overwhelmed. Do you know what I mean? You're just being with other human beings. You're not isolating, but you're not either getting enmeshed, you know? I think it's so wonderful to have another way to be with each other. Okay, so the fourth mudra I wanted to show, I haven't talked about it in a while, for Kokio, especially, the Kokio is making a great offering, chant leading, invoking the ancestors. She's really putting herself out there. And it's this beautiful call and response. Again, it's like one person asserting something <laughs> and then putting it out there. And then the community going, yes, we're here with you. Lead us, we're here with you. It's like the birds in formation, that first bird, the Kokio is the first bird. <laughs> and then feeling the energy of all the birds behind her. So the mudra I find very helpful when you're a Kokio, and maybe for service in general, yeah, is like this. It's very fortifying. Free to, free not to. It's, how do I do it? It's the right thumb. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> Tucked in. <laughs> and then, boom. For me, this is really energizing. It's very supportive for releasing my voice. Yeah. Expressing something, coming out of silence. Because our lives are not just about silence. Sound means life. Remember that motto from the 80s, silence equals death? Yeah. We need to speak at times in life. This is about releasing our voice. 
Okay. And then also, for those of you who've been practicing for a while, when there's someone new, this is also independence, interdependence. This is not being siloed. This is, we sit with our eyes open. So we're not just sitting here. You know, it is about taking care of your own body. As I was talking about on Sunday, keep maintaining the long spine through service as you're chanting to free up your expression. So you're taking care of your, your mat, you know, occupying your mat but also an awareness of others. This is also what we're training in. If you're new, look around. <laughs> look at someone who looks like they know what they're doing. If you're like, huh, what's going on? <laughs> and, um, and if you're in my line of vision, I'm gonna be looking over. Cause I'll be like, I'm so happy you're here. How you doing? You okay? Mm -hmm. And we might have a moment. <laughs> I love that when that happens. Um, you know, at the beginning of the chant, like the All My Ancient Twisted Karma, that's such a cool chant. It is a very cool chant to begin the day. All My Ancient Twisted Karma. <laughs> From beginningless greed, hate, and delusion. No matter how much I, look, I might look like, others might look like they have it together. You know, we're all dealing with ancient twisted karma. We're all dealing with varying degrees of greed, hate, and delusion. <laughs> At any given moment, it's the human realm. Our practice is about how do we deal with it? How do we move with it? How do we transform our greed? How do we transform our hate or anger into discriminating wisdom or discerning wisdom. That anger whew, that kind of separates is also purified is discernment. Yes, I will. No, I won't. Like, no, that kind of behavior is not okay. Calling it in a, you know, within a relationship, boundary, being boundaried. Um, <clears throat> so this chant is, is a really important beginning of the day. All my ancient twisted karma. This is how it is. <laughs> and then we end with, I now fully avow. Very important. So that's on page, I can't remember, two or four or something like that. Three, something around there. But if there's someone new and they're not chanting, lean over and say page two. Or better yet, even if you know it, pick up the chant book and let them see the page number. You can be subtle about it. <laughs> you know, that's your job as a bodhisattva. <laughs> okay? Never coasting. Always aware. You know, um, bodhisattva, an awakening being, awakening to the fact that we need each other and how wonderful that is to feel our, our mutual need our mutual support to feel solidarity. All right. Um, 
so all of this is, um, you know, all of this, this can either be like, you can have a feeling of being tyrannized <laughs> by the details, but again, don't let it happen. That's up to you. You know, breathe it in, breathe back out again. It's true that the more you practice, the more you join with the Sangha and do these things, the more it starts to get in your body. And so a good amount of my job, I feel, is something like cheerleading. <laughs> Can't escape it. I was a cheerleader <laughs> in junior high. I was. Do you, do you notice that? Do you feel that? <laughs> I've said more than once, Dogen Zenji was a cheerleader too. Is. He still is. You know, the Fukan Zazengi is a pep rally for Zazen. Please, honored followers of Zen, long accustomed to groping for the elephant, do not be suspicious of the true dragon. Yeah. What is the true dragon? What is the true dragon? You are the true dragon. <laughs> So with me, this cheerleading thing is about um, encouraging you as much as possible, by any means necessary, being goofy, you know, being warm. I mean, it is kind of natural for me because I love this practice and it has helped me. And I don't, I'm not so interested in spreading the Dharma, which sounds really weird. Some Buddhists say that. It's more about sharing practice, just sharing practice, sharing time and space, and seeing who gets a little toehold, <laughs> and just watering that wholesome seed. You know, reflect right now on what, what is it that brought you here this morning? Why did you come? Whatever that is, is Buddha. Whatever that is, is the dragon. <laughs> Whatever that is, is your awakened, vibrant, shining, true nature. And you responded. It's awesome. And everything else, all these other practices, all these other activities are meant to peel back all the layers of conditioning. You know, all the ways that, that we hide and reveal that true dragon, reveal the Buddha right here. Enjoy the Buddha right here. Um, last couple things, just back to the posture. <laughs> I'm making myself laugh because Oh, anyway, so um, coming back to our own posture. So this is very important. When you sit down, whenever you sit down for zazen, please take a moment to transition to arrive. Rock your body right and left. If you're sitting in seiza, this is a little bit harder to do. But stretch. You've seen me on Zoom, maybe. I go all the way down. <laughs> I go for it. I love to... Lengthen my the top of my the, the crown chakra, the top of my head, all the way down, and keep my spine lengthened all the way up back up again. That's like, oh yeah, lengthening out. That's how I do it. Yep. 
You can rock your body. You can do some circles. Your own body, whatever. You can stretch from behind. Move your head. Give yourself time to find your seat, to find your center. Stretch, rock, settle. <laughs> no? Settle. Come into the mudra. Take a deep breath. Open your eyes. And off you go. Eyes open. Okay, same thing when the bell rings. When the bell rings. As soon as the bell rings, this is very important. As soon as you hear the bell, hands in gasho. Let go. Drop it. It's time to stand or time for the next thing. Um, and then there's an opportunity to feel our togetherness. Use it when we're together. And when we're on Zoom, too. Use it. When it's time to stand for walking meditation, we all stand together in Shashu. It's so beautiful to feel. It's almost like a room full of gentle warriors. I know warrior is a problematic word, but you know, warrior like a samurai, a warrior who understands, um, you know, who experiences the, the fierce mind that, that, that doesn't distinguish between birth and death, but sees it all as life. And the energy that um, we need, that's required, that's asked for, to live in that way. The energy. So when you're standing, your body is connecting with that. Mm, unshakable, right here. Until we're all ready, and then we offer a little shashu bow, you hear the clash, the, the kaishaku. And then we begin the walking meditation. And then similarly at the end, when you hear the bow, and then you pick up the speed to get back to your seat, don't, what did I write down here? Don't go drifting off into individuation. <laughs> yeah, it made me laugh. I cracked myself up. I get peevish. <laughs> anyway, that when, after, when we walk and return to our seats, stay right here. Stay right here. Keep your lens wide. Notice what's happening. Have others arrived at their seats yet? Has the room settled yet? The Zoom room included, especially the Zoom room room right here until we've all arrived if you're going to change your cushion from a seat a chair to a cushion it's not the time to do that arrive at your seat first allow the room to settle and then at the bell we all bow together the feeling of that is we're going back in there into our own minds <laughs> into non-distraction into this stillness we're doing it together each one of us on our own cushion, doing it together. Feel that. It's so beautiful. You made all this effort to come out and be within a group. Feel the group without getting sucked in. You can feel yourself and feel the group. Okay? All right. This is 
also another way of talking about this is called harmonizing with the Sangha. Harmonizing with the Sangha. It's just this. The individual harmonizing, the individual harmonizing with the Sangha, the communal. The Sangha, it's like you, the Sangha, all beings. We're practicing harmonizing right here, like this. And we take that spirit out. You don't have to worry about it because it doesn't come from here. You're training and harmonizing with the sangha, the pine brush, you know, the trash, <laughs> the homeless person on the street, the mayor of Beverly. <laughs> harmonizing. Just harmonizing. Meeting. Without neglecting this, bringing this right here with everything else. All right, so very last thing. Um, I'm not sure, maybe we can talk about it at tea for those who are gonna be here for tea. Um, if there'll be a practice after tea this morning of bell ringing, if there's energy for that, you could talk about it at tea. And anybody's welcome, everybody's welcome. It's a great opportunity to play a little bit, to ask questions about, you know, what's this, what's this chanting, you know, to actually ring the bell. I try to do that. I'm going to Masco again, um, coming up. Um, sometimes if there's time, it's fun for, you know, any students who want to, to just ring the bell. All of a sudden it becomes like a big deal. It's just ringing the bell. <laughs> But so many times, it's amazing. Has this happened to you? Like, you think the striker's here, you think the bell's here, and it's like, you miss. <laughs> it's like, wait, how could that happen? Composure of just long spine, my body, meaning the torso of the, uh, the, the, torso of the bell's body. It's a relationship, inviting the bell. And I'm feeling what it's like to introduce a chant, just your voice, and then your voice, the tributaries, you know, all the streams joining into one, one river, one voice, one body. Just feeling that through the body, what that's like. So that's what's going to happen after tea. Okay, yeah. Ringing the bells and practicing the chanting. Um, I'm feeling like it would be really nice to take just one moment. Don't log off. <laughs> just one moment. Before we go into Soji, which is caring for the body of this beautiful practice place, um, temple cleaning, if we could just go around and say hello. And, you know, all you have to do is just say your name. If you'd like to say where you live or where you came from this morning or where you are right now if you're on Zoom, it's, that's just a little easy icebreaker. If you'd like to say anything else, anything you connected with this morning, any question you have about anything we've done, about any of these practices, your relationship with meditation, anything you noticed in the meditation, anything at all. But we don't have to, you can just say anything where you're from. So let's see. How about if we start on Zoom? Um, someone start and then hand it off to the next person.
Good morning. I'm Christine. I'm zooming in from Broad Cove, Maine, and pleased to practice with you all this morning. I'm going to pass off to my friend Mia. Good morning, everyone. This is Mia. I'm here in Beverly and actually will be joining you at Mahasati Center for Dokusan, at least with one of you for Dokusan uh, shortly. <laughs> so I will look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. And I shall pass it off to Jennifer. Jennifer, if you're not able to, oh, there you are. Oh, okay. Hi. Good morning. Hi. I'm I'm uh, Jennifer, and I'm zooming in from Swamp Scott, <laughs> and I'm on my phone, so I can't see who else is here on Zoom to pass it off. I'm sorry. That's okay, Jennifer. Thank you for being here. It's good to be with you. Jen. Hello. Hi, hi. I'm the last person on Zoom. Um, I'm the other Jen, and I'm uh, coming in from Beverly this morning. And wow, this was so great, Joan. Your synopsis of how the, uh, the body is uh, part of the universe was very moving for me today. Um, I... Um, I'm just uh, just so excited that you recorded it. Oh. Uh, thank you so much. And oh. I'm passing it back off to the physical world over there. <laughs> thank you, Jen. I did laugh at the word synopsis. Jen and I have been working. Jen, can I say you're you're an academic and artist? Is that okay? Yeah. And yes. And so, which is wonderful. What an encounter, you know, with practice. Yeah. An I love that. A synopsis. A synopsis of the body. <laughs> synopsis of the dharma <laughs> thank you jen and thank you everybody okay let's start over here with emily hi good morning i'm emily i'm here from Somerville. i'm ruth and i'm usually a zoomer <laughs> i am here in the physical presence of the mahasati center with everybody and it's great good morning good morning i'm pete i live in a church I'm blown away by you as a mom. <laughs> Thank you. It's beautiful to be here with you. I guess 
maybe it has to be that quiet for you to get acquainted with something as tiny as an ant. Got a lot of new friends here, I guess. <laughs> the ant bodies rejoice with the Julia body. <laughs> My name is Mark, and I'm coming from medicine. Uh, my name is JT. I'm from Boston. Um, I'm a junior at Nasco. In the house. Yeah, my first time being here. I also had an ant crawling on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was nice. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Brent. Um, from Salisbury, and uh, it's really nice to share the room with you this morning. I'm Setetsu, and I'm from Beverly, and I'm very happy to be here this morning. Oh, hello, I'm in the corner. I'm Chise, I'm from um, Peabody. Lovely. Good morning, everyone. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Chise, for being the Doan, the bell ringer. Mm, I think it's just really important in this hybrid space, you know, to just uh, bridge the gap a little bit, if there is any gap that you feel. So I appreciate everybody staying put and not blogging off. Um, Yeah, so just to say from here, we'll arise. Slowly and quietly, calmly and deliberately, we'll offer three full bows or three standing bows, as you'd like, and chant the Pali Refuges, which is in that little chant card in the center of it. This is how we end the formal practice of the morning, Um, but not the silence. We'll go into temple cleaning led by Brent, who's the work leader, and, uh, and then we have tea together. Um, I'm sorry to say that it's Girl Scout cookie season. <laughs> and yesterday I was shopping for my mom at Shaw's and they were lying in wait <laughs> at the exit. And I went a little crazy and so I got six boxes. This little girl was so cute. So there is a box of those out there. and They've got chocolate. It's not exactly breakfast food. <laughs> but please. And I think there are other offerings too. But that's the tea time is a really nice time to just be together and talk. Yeah you know, ask any questions. So I hope that you'll be able to stay for that. Okay, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode. This podcast is made possible by donations from listeners like you. For more information or to donate, please go to www.zencenternorthshore.org. Thank you.